In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. As a black woman, race has always been a prominent part of my life. I have never been able to escape the fact that I am a black woman in a white supremacist country. My blackness is woven into how I dress each morning, what bars I feel comfortable going to, what music I enjoy, what neighborhoods I hang out in. The realities of race have not always been welcome in my life, but they have always been there. When I was a young child, it was the constant questions of why I was so dark when my mom was so white. Was I adopted? Where did I come from? When I became older, it was the clothes not cut for my shape and the snide comments about my hair and lips and the teen idols that would never, ever find a girl like me beautiful. Then it was the clerks who would follow me around stores and the jobs that were hiring until I walked in the door and then they were not. It was the bosses who told me that I was too loud, the compliments that my hair, the comments that my hair was too ethnic for the office and why, even though I was a valued employee, I was making so much less money than other white employees doing the same job. It is the cops I can't make eye contact with, the Ubers that abandon their pickup, driving on instead of stopping when they see me. When I had my sons, it was the assumptions that they were older than they were, and that their rough housing was too violent. It was the tears they came home with when a classmate classmate had repeated an ignorant comment of their parents. But race has also been countless hours spent marveling at our history, evenings spent dancing and cheering to jazz and rap and R&B, cookouts with ribs and potato salad and sweet potato pie. Betches Media presents... Donald Trump was a a stain on our country. I'm someone's daughter. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duran. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamarez. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast, where Twitter meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. The clip you just heard was of Ijeoma Aluo reading from her book, So You Want to Talk About Race. It has been a minute since we've had a daily news recording, and a lot has gone down. Welcome, ladies. How's it going? (laughs) Girl. (laughs) Sorry I said ladies. Ladies. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I'm I consider myself a lady, so... I mean, many people would not consider me a lady, but no. I consider myself. I think by the traditional standards, no. No, no, <laughs> so I guess no. I'm sorry. You're welcome for calling me. But you. we're taking it back. Taking yes, I'm reclaiming. Back. It just reminds me of this politician a few years ago, like, made a blink, because they're talking about, like, Planned Parenthood's closing, and it's like, poor unmarried women should not be having sex or something. And then... um. I'm just like, wow, this guy's really coming for me. <laughs> like, literally, 
hating on my whole game. Yeah. Why don't you just worry about yourself, sir? <laughs> I think they should have to make they should have to make all anti-abortion advocates refer to women as ladies and try to take themselves seriously. Like ladies should not be able to have the sex. Ladies. ladies should not be able to take that pill on their own. <laughs> It does it like it does give everything the right like antiquated quality. Right. Yeah. I kind of love it. I kind of love it. So let's get into today's news, I guess. So headline topic of course is that the Senate over the weekend voted to acquit former President Donald Trump for the second time. That is the headline. The optimistic uh, glass glass half full headline is that 57 senators, a big majority did find Trump guilty. That's why I'm, I'm having trouble sometimes with the top line headline being like, the Senate voted. It's like, well, 57 of them said, yes, he's guilty. But yeah. that's not how it works in this country for impeachment. You need 67. Seven Republican senators, of course, joined all the Democrats. Shortly after the vote, Mitch McConnell made a statement that the riot was singularly Trump's fault, but that the Constitution barred the Senate from doing anything about it. Let's listen to that. Former President Trump's actions preceded the riot for a disgraceful, disgraceful dereliction of duty. There's no question, none, that President Trump is practically and morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. No question about it. Thoughts? I have a girl, do I have thoughts? I actually, I'm, I'm a lady. Oh, sorry. At least. My initial thought is just, and a lot of people have pointed this out, but it bears repeating that Mitch McConnell purposefully pushed this hearing until a time where he could say it was unconstitutional so that he could do the little dance that he's doing today. And my main feeling watching all of it is I don't, I think that at some point we need to address the fact that I don't actually think we have a functional way to remove a president in this country and like like technically there's a process but it actually cannot be used and we've never actually seen it be come to fruition a constitutional crisis yeah and so i think what we're seeing is that like we don't actually have a way to remove a negligent leader from office and that's a big problem I feel like I feel a lot of things. It's all feelings. That's what being a lady is about, right? <laughs> uh, it's just all feelings. No real so rational many feels. None. For, for okay, like I just saw a lot of people online. Like uh, Democrats are losers. They're always going to lose. And it's like, did y'all really think that Republican? Like Republicans are. There is no center. There is no mo- like. Mm-mm. They are a far right organization now. They do not care about democracy. They don't give a fuck. They just want to maintain power. They're all cowards. Like that's point blank. Period. One, two. <clears throat> I, you know, again, dare dare I defend the de- de- the Democrats? But at the same time, it's like, what were they supposed to do if they didn't impeach? Like they knew they weren't going to win, right? Mm-hmm. If they didn't impeach, they would be cowards, right? If they didn't win, they're cowards. It's just like, it's like they they did, uh, to me, they did what they were supposed to do. And like, I feel like a lot of people commentating is just like, 
do y'all play any games? Do y'all know what choosing mm-hmm. your battles is? Do you guys not know like cards yeah. and knowing when to fold and shit? And even like they got the, you know, they 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 won the little battle in court of like getting witnesses, but they didn't call, you know, they didn't call it into trial because like Republicans were like basically if you call this witness, no one's gonna vote. Like no one yeah. you're not gonna flip any votes. And we're going to fuck with everything that you do, for, which is so fucked up. But they don't care. They don't care. They're not principled. They don't care. They, they, they will let everyone die, you know, as long as their donors, like, get more money. Like, that's literally what they've been doing. So yeah. in that sense, I'm just like, people are like, oh, they should have called witnesses. And to me, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like they measured it out and they saw, like, pros and cons. And we all know what we all know what that woman was going to say. You know, it's not like it was going to be some different shit. So I don't know. I feel like they were in a t- rock in a hard place. And um, I think they did as best as they can. And I have more to say, but I will pass it on to y'all. <laughs> I, okay, so I was critical of Democrats with the witness thing. I, I think for me, what made me, what confused me was the vote to have the witnesses if we're just not going to do it. And like, I've heard, I've heard the argument as to why we didn't have them. And that actually, the more I've heard of it, it's made more sense to me. I listened to Stacey Plaskett on the daily today. And she was Mm. number one saying that like, first of all, these weren't going to be like witnesses who were going to come in. They were going to be deposed. And then we would maybe show a video. And she's like, we've already shown them a bunch of videos. Mm -hmm. Like, it wouldn't be a person coming in. It would be like Mm -hmm. them watching yet another captivating testimonial video. that's why it's confusing why they had the vote in the first place. That's my thing. That didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to me. That made it look like... To me, it made it look more like they were capitulating to Republicans because of this, like, threat that they had over the witnesses. And I'm like, well, maybe, like, what if we just didn't do this dance at all? Like, Right. Like, I don't understand why we did this thing. I I think it's like... I think they just wanted to see how many Republicans would even, I think it was a little test, right? If overwhelmingly they all were like, yes, have witnesses, Mm. then I feel like they would have pushed it more because they're like, oh, we can get more people on their side. But then they saw that it was just like Mitt Romney. They would have known, go like they always know how everyone's going to vote before holding a vote. So they knew Except that for they Lindsey w- Graham, he didn't know how he was going to vote. Well, Lindsey oh, Graham changed his vote. Changed, like a he vote. Changed, well, he changed his vote because he like wants to call Kamala Harris or whatever. Oh, right, yeah, right. Well, yeah. yeah, call Kamala. Harris. Call her, bitch. Call her. Oh my god. Sh- like, call her. Look at Pence. <laughs> Look at Pence. What happened to Pence when he tried to fuck with Kamala? Got a fly in his head. Yeah. Well, Harris is literally president of the Senate. She would love, she would love to come on down there. She her, runs that place. Kind of the foundation of her thing is that she famously does great <laughs> in these hearings and the whole, I'm like, yeah, like do it. I mean, I, right. I would rather have her, you know, operating as the vice president and doing what she's supposed to do for the country. But if you really want to play this game, please call Kamala. Right. All this went down, of course, after a surprise vote to allow witnesses during the trial. I think that this, it seems in like in the end, this might, here's my theory. My theory is that they had this statement from Jamie Herrera, Butler, Butler, 
that she was aware of a phone call between House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and Donald Trump, during which Trump reportedly told him, well, Kevin, I guess these people are more upset about the election than you are. This was like a huge, this indicated that during the siege, uh, Trump was probably aware that people were in danger. Now, Tommy Tuberville had already said that, but not within the trial. He'd said it like to reporters. And now then Republicans and Trump's lawyers were casting some doubt on that account. So I feel like maybe they they thought Republicans are challenging this account that we probably can't prove. We need something in the record that Republicans admitted and know that Trump was aware of what was happening. So maybe they held that vote and then wanted to get this in. But then I don't know why you just don't hold a vote for like documents or something. It was very, very strange. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. So after the vote, Democratic impeachment managers asked for the CNN article detailing that statement to be included in the record. It was, and the trial ended without witnesses. I just think it's really funny that Trump's lawyers, as a compromise, put a CNN fake news article in the official record. But I want to listen to lead impeachment manager, Jamie Raskin, explain their calculus here in case you didn't hear it, because this was, of course, on Saturday. So, so people might have missed it. Let's listen to how he rationalized that. 
Well, what's interesting is that the premise of some of these questions is somehow that we failed to prove the facts of the case. I think in the eyes of the entire world in the country, we overwhelmingly proved the facts of the case. And Senator McConnell just conceded that that wasn't the issue. And then you got to talk to the, you know, the, the 43 senators who are basically saying no amount of facts would have made any difference to them because they didn't think that the president was subject to the jurisdiction of the Senate. That was the argument you just heard Mitch McConnell make. So I, you know, I mean, forgive me for reacting strongly to that, but uh, that seems to me to be a completely bizarre um, conclusion to these events to say that somehow if we had just had one more witness, Mitch McConnell would have come over to our side. I definitely agree with, like, I agree with all of that. I, the sticking point for me is I just felt like the whole vote looked messy and it was like, it was the one part of the impeachment manager's case where they didn't feel completely in control of what was happening. And like, just watching the trial, they were so poised and like, they did prove their case. Like what Jamie mm -hmm. Raskin is saying there is right. The reason why we don't have a conviction is because the jury was made up of active members of the coup. So right. like, it's like the call is coming from inside the house. It doesn't make any fucking sense for them to even sit, be sitting as jurors. They're meeting with Trump's lawyer. Like they had no chance to actually win, but I just, I felt like the confusion around the vote and the, the vote to, to take witnesses. And then all of this hype of like all these people being like, Oh my God, we're going to get witnesses. And like, Twitter, right. you know, and I know that like only five people are actually on Twitter, but like <laughs> Twitter right. blows three up. Three of them are here. Exactly. Like three of five people that are on Twitter. That is the Butcher Sub Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are the three people on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we'll tell you what's happening. Um, <laughs> but like it, 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 it felt chaotic to me in a way that I don't think it undermined their case and like made in a way that no. makes them not have won obviously in the hearts and minds of everyone who actually watched it with a open mind. Mm -hmm. But I do think that it was like a messy moment and kind of like a weird emotional roller coaster. Yes. It was very emotional. Was Jamie Raskin was, it was really sweet. Cause you can tell Jamie Raskin, who's like, seems like a very um, even killed man, like just got slightly irritated with the questions and then apologized profusely for, oh, man. I'm sorry to speak uh, strongly here. Yeah. I, it was so funny. Like again, on, Twitter, which no one's on. I was just talking to a friend about that's this. That's why we called this pod. That's why we made this intro where Twitter meets the group chat. It's so you guys, our listeners, don't have to deal with Twitter. We'll yeah, deal with it and we'll, we'll tell you what's yeah. worth knowing. Yes. I have reply guys because <laughs> so you don't have to. Um, uh, no, but it was so funny because like somebody wrote like only in America does the majority like in a like 57 people yeah. can outvote 40 people and like they lose and it's just like my friends like do you guys not know how juries work <laughs> like, yeah juries is like everyone has to <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not a popular vote everybody has to be like i definitely unanimous. posted that but that's like, true yeah yeah like no 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 Th like in the 100 moment people I mean, unanimously. I'm like i'm um i'm one of, one of those people that are like I see something on Twitter and I'm like, oh, I agree. And then there's a counterpoint. I'm like, this is also a yeah. good point. So I get that. But it's like, yeah, this is a jury. This isn't an election. This is a jury. And in juries, everybody's got to be on the same page. And like, unfortunately, this jury 
is made of assholes. So, yeah. It's I just mean, unfortunate that you can't do like a mistrial for an impeachment and be like, hey, here's a bunch of compromised jurors. Like the behavior of some of these senators during the trial would get the um, lawyers. Yeah, yeah, they would, you would, the, the trial would be ended if it was, so it, my main takeaway, again, like I said, is like, we don't actually have a functional way to remove a president from office. I, it doesn't make sense to make it 50% because then just whoever is in charge of the Senate could yeah, impeach any exactly. president. But also the standard that we currently have functionally makes it impossible to remove a president. So just another thing to add to the list that doesn't fucking work. Well, for <laughs> like, me, for me, I'm just like, like, I don't know what it's going to take for some of these more moderate Democrats to get to through their head that, like, you cannot fuck with Republicans. Like, Republicans do not care, and we need to start, like, not dealing with their shit. And there's a lot of Democrats that are already, like, it's already clicked for them. They don't give a fuck. Uh, uh, Jama Paul, mm -hmm. uh, Sanders, there's a lot of people already there. But we got Joe Manchin and Cinema and Feinstein who are like, mm, you know, and it's just yeah. like, dog, we need to pass the Voting Rights I, Act immediately. Fuck I, the filibuster. Fuck that. Okay. I understand why Joe Manchin is Joe Manchin because he is a little, a mountain Democrat who just sits on his mountain yeah. and tries to stay in office. I get that. Diane Feinstein is a million gazillion years old, so I understand why she's the way she is. I don't understand Kirsten Cinema. I don't. I don't. I really don't understand the calculus because Arizona's trending blue. She was like, I mean, she wasn't elected as like a progressive, but apparently Mark Kelly is also a little bit is is tending on the more conservative side, and I guess that's Arizona voters. But you're right, like the trend, it flipped. Yeah. yeah, it just, it it just is really strange to me why Kirsten Cinema, because isn't, didn't Kirsten Cinema have like blue hair during, while she yes. was running? She's yeah. like bisexual. Right? Isn't she like the cool bi lady in the Senate? Well, like why? I mean, listen. Don't stereotype this, cool bi yeah, ladies. They can okay. be shitty too. Cool bi ladies can be yeah. moderate Democrats Tiffany as Trump, well, I understand. Well, <laughs> Tiffany Trump is with the gays for Trump. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? I thought you were going to say she's bisexual. I was like, I was like, know that. I don't even know if she's Millie cool enough. on yeah. the pod that, she, that Tiffany Trump is bisexual. She could be. She could be, honestly, but she's, I, I don't even want to give her that. Um, <laughs> I don't even want her to be cool enough to be bi. That's not fair. Interesting. So a couple weeks ago, I wanted to, because... People like Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema have been talking a bit about uh, the relief checks, and there's some argument over whether $75,000 a year is too rich to get direct payments. And of course, obviously $75,000 a year, 150 for a couple or family, goes farther in different parts of the country. But what I wanted to highlight on SUP was that it also goes farther for different people. Like if you have to pay for, mm -hmm. if you help support your parents, if you have crazy student loans, if you have mm -hmm. car insurance, if you also support a family member who's struggling right now, if you have mm -hmm. student loans, you're not left with a lot. So mm -hmm. if you have that compared to like, imagine you're th that person making $75,000 who has people to support living in New York. And I also never want to hear from people, why don't you leave New York? 
people gentrified these cities. Nobody asked for them to come. Like mm-hmm. people can't just up and move. Their jobs are here. So if you have make that much in New York City versus that much in Arizona and you don't have people to support, it's going to go a lot farther. So on stuff, I just ask people to sort of share expenses they had or like how their salary misrepresented their financial need. And everybody had those answers, like I said. And then there was one response and it was somebody from Arizona. She was like, I make that in Arizona and I do great. It's no problem. I was like, this of is course. why Kirsten Cinema and Mark Kelly think that <laughs> this is. Yeah. This person well, just was like, what's, what's, the, what's the issue? I'm sorry if you're a listener, but <laughs> that's the issue. Well, also, too, I mean, there's this whole thing of like liberal bubbles and liberal whatever. And like, why do people live in these big cities? And I just like, I think of that, too, of like, even though I grew up in Florida and it's, you know, not that the part of Florida I grew up in is not like, you know, the super, I mean, you know, it is, racism is everywhere, but it's not like the super conservative small town, but like, I'm, it's not, it's not even like, I moved here so I can have a life that I don't have, like a community that I don't have there. And also like, in New York City, it's easier for minorities to date, to get like upward work mobility. There's just mm-hmm. all these things like wow, access yeah. that you get to, to different communities in cities that like, even like queer people, you can explore different lives. So I, I just really hate that thing of like, and then it's also this this idea. And I mean, this is also like, to me, rooted in racism of this idea of like, everybody who lives in New York is a coastal elite or like coastal elites and stuff. And it's like, you're telling me the Bronx, you're going to tell me that a family of five in the Bronx that lives in a two bedroom apartment is a coastal elite, but a family in Kansas who has a backyard and a pool and like a huge, like fucking Ford F-150, like they're working class, right? Or they're, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, they're real America. They're real America. You guys are out of touch liberals, this and that. Those are the people that think that you shouldn't get support if you make $75,000. Or you shouldn't get support at all. And like, they don't- And don't want a minimum wage at $15. And don't don't want a minimum wage. And it's just like, yeah, because they don't know what it's like. You know, it's like this nuclear family myth that can happen outside of a city when like in cities, the whole block is your family. And if you, you know what I mean? It's just a different thing. That's like, there's no respect for, and there's no, like that is just as American as Kansas, you know, but people don't right? see that economic anxiety on that stuff. Anyway, that's right. my little soapbox. Oh, I, I mean, I agree with everything that you had to say 100%. And I just also want to point out that like this $75,000 is also based on what you were making in 2019. Exactly. So many people lost their jobs in 2020 that you're, tw- what this is like, th- what this is based on, there's just no way it's giving an accurate financial picture for people. And I am so sick of this argument that like, what if we accidentally help someone who doesn't need it instead of being worried about like, what if we accidentally don't help someone who needs it? What if we accidentally leave a bunch of people behind? I would way rather accidentally give a $2,000 check to someone who didn't really need one than leave people struggling in this pandemic. What about when we're like during the tax cuts and people are obviously an entire party is like, well, what about if the rich people don't use their tax savings to trickle down? 
normally it's like, fuck you. It doesn't matter. It's fine. But now suddenly it's like, well, then we can't, we can't, we can't possibly give one person $2,000 if they don't need it. And these fucking means testing shit is so like, it causes so many unnecessary loops all over. And especially the more, this is also a thing, right? Is like the more conservative the state is, the more difficult it is to get health, help and assistance. Even if in New York city, I'm making the same amount of money, but I am a single mom. Like it's, it's just so much easier in New York City to get like my friends who are single moms in in um Miami and Florida, they tell me to get WIC, which is literally, first of all, that's already like means tested. Like you can only get cereal, milk, eggs, like that, yeah. it's not even food stamps. Food stamps you can use anywhere and have flexibility. WIC is literally like here's a hundred dollars and you can only use it on things like actual essential needs so your kid doesn't starve to death. Mm-hmm. My friend said to to get wick she had to wake up every day at 6 30 in the morning to to be the first person to call like she it was like a job for like two weeks every day 7 a.m 7 a.m call and finally get through to finally get an appointment to finally so they can look at her tax record to find you know what i mean and yeah. it's just like who is that somebody how many people are you losing you know, because right. you don't want to give apple juice to a fucking mom because she might make $30,000 a year, which is above the... Po- it's just like, fuck you. And then they're always like, well, it's weird. Why is nobody using these programs? Like these, they don't have time or access to figure out and jump through all the hoops. So let's return to other routes for accountability for the Capitol riot, something Mitch McConnell and I agree on, how to actually hold Trump legally accountable. There are a few routes here we're going to see a lot of movement on. There are obviously laws against insurrection and sedition that could be applied here, notably Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, uh, bars from federal office, people who have provided aid and comfort to insurrectionists. This is the most intense thing that could be applied that I think we might see some movement on, but it's pretty serious. Obviously, the crime is pretty serious. And victims of the attack and their families can pursue legal action civilly through civil lawsuits. And this isn't nothing. Trump doesn't have good lawyers and he doesn't have a lot of money <laughs> He does left. not. He, doesn't have good he certainly does not. <laughs> and you personal, know, Michael Vanderveen had previously sued Donald Trump, like last year, for a Michael personal injury thing. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. I, and you know what? Like, Trump, this is crazy because, like, how did he, like... We were talking about Jared and Ivanka making six hundred million dollars, and then Trump's in the whole four hundred million. I would mm-hmm. sue the fuck out of every Trump kid. Yeah, does Barron have money, bitch? I'm suing them. Uh, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like, I'll sue all of them. Like, because that's what Trump. That is Trump's like pinnacle. That is Trump. Is to. It's so funny too because of Trump. I, I just, it's, this is getting sweet. And this is why I didn't want Trump di- to die from COVID because what's about to happen to him? Exactly. His whole shit was, he's, he bogs people down in lawsuits. That's why he, he gets away with not paying people. That's why he's where he's, he was at before presidency was that he would bog people down in, in impossible yes. lawsuits and then they would eventually give up and he didn't have to pay them. Right. And now I feel this, I feel it like, this mountain of lawsuits coming to him. <laughs> Millie's making handles. like a physical motion yeah. of how excited so she is excited. for this to happen. <laughs> I'm so excited. He's going to get his, like all these fucking people, like if all of these 140 like cops sue him for like net whatever, like 
He is. It's just going to be a mountain of shit. The families of the people who died. Yep. Oh my god. And then there's there's He's just on his video. other crimes. Like he has yeah. other crimes that are being pursued. Georgia's pursuing his election fraud claims. New York is just pursuing his financial crimes and he will commit more crimes. Yeah. He's yes. never he's never stopped. He has crimes yet to be committed. I mean the primary I, motivation he Donald Trump actually wanted to stay president was because he knew that when he became an ordinary citizen that he would become legally liable for these things and lo and behold in order to avoid that he committed his by far worst crime. Yeah, and it's kind of like it just reminds me of when Billy McFarland, the Firefest guy, was out of or like like just skirted out of like jail before before he went to jail for the big one. He was doing um another scam of like fake concert yeah. tickets or whatever. Life and just, like, of credit crime. card. Life of A crime. Life of crime. Lifelong criminality. They can't undo it. So that's just like where I'm like. Yo, he's get he's gonna get his tenfold, and this is all his fault. Not only for doing the crimes, because honestly, anybody, it, we don't even have enough time to talk about everyone in this country who does financial crimes. No. But it's because his ass was so greedy and ran for president and didn't drop out when he should have. And now look at him; he's gonna die with a um, hundred lawsuits. We, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's beautiful. He will spend. The rest of his life, every day, he will have some kind of legal thing that is happening. Like, yes. Oh my God, you're so got, right. Isn't that amazing he, to think about? Every single day, he will have to call a lawyer. Like, there's going to be some kind of proceeding that is actively happening. He will be in legal cases for the rest of his life. We'd love to see it. We'd love to see it. Another route that Democrats are taking to look at what happened here is a 9-11 type commission. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said yesterday that the House would move to establish an independent commission. So this is obviously similar to the one that studied the lead up and the response to the 9-11 attacks. They did so for 15 months before they issued a 585 page report, which we were young, but at the time it was like a big blockbuster. It was like a Mueller report style splash, Mm -hmm. but I bet more people probably read this one. Um, this has bipartisan support. Even Lindsey Graham says he thinks it's necessary, but chiefly because he he thinks that Nancy Pelosi should be investigated for not calling for help sooner when things were going down. Lindsey, shut the fuck up. Anyway. Here's what I want to know. I think about this a lot. You never really see Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham like hang out together. They're never like making, do you think they don't like each other? They don't work together? What is Lindsey Graham's deal? I think that Lindsey Graham is like fully rogue at this point. So I think that he's probably an irritation to Mitch McConnell, who I think prefers people who just like do what he says. But Lindsey's like such a wild card because he'll be like, Trump sucks. And he'll be like, John McCain's my best friend. And it's like, is he like you? He don't even like you. (laughs) He's like the annoying guy at the party who like... Who, like, everyone doesn't want to talk to. Uh, it just reminds me of this party I went to, like, years ago in, in Bushwick. And Lindsey was, Graham was there? No, there was just this annoying guy, whatever. Everyone, like, could not stand to talk to him. But he had friends at the party, and I was talking to one of his friends, and we were flirting. And then the guy's like, I want to go to the bodega. Does anyone want anything? And everyone's like, shut up. Leave. Yeah. And then, right. like, <laughs> then, like, 20 minutes later... This guy, because he's like caused distress, and he's like, "Guys, Ben got punched in the face at the bodega." 
<laughs> and it was like Lindsey Graham of, needs to get punched in the face at a bodega. Yes, by one of the guys who just hangs out there. Like, yeah, I volunteer as tribute. I mean, so Republicans are also uh, keeping themselves accountable. Speaking of this, speaking of needing to be punched in the face, they're canceling themselves. Despite the GOP's disdain for cancel culture, numerous state Republican parties have moved to censure their senators for voting to convict Donald Trump. So far, Louisiana and North Carolina's GOP have censured Bill Cassidy and Richard Burr, respectively. Pennsylvania's party is GOP party is considering the same rebuke for Pat Toomey. Let's listen to a Pennsylvania county chair explain why he wants to censure Senator Pat Toomey for voting to impeach Donald Trump. Uh, we did not send him there to vote his conscience. We did not send him there to uh, do the right thing or whatever he said. He- That's it. <laughs> We did not send him there to vote his conscience. That's one of those phrases where you're like, how do you let that one get out of your mouth and not just be like, ah, interview over. I blew it. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Isn't it like, right? It's like, why do you vote? Why do you vote for people? Is it? It's for them to represent you because you trust their judgment? Or is it for them to blindly follow what you're, I mean, I guess, you know what I mean? A cult. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that New York Times article I sent Mm -hmm. about what's his name? Adam Kinzinger. So this is what made me think about the cult shit because this is crazy. Illinois Representative Adam Kinzinger, he also voted to impeach. He's in the House. And he also was one of the Republicans who voted to strip Marjorie Taylor Greene of her committee assignments. So there was a sort of profile of him in the Times today, but it notably listed that many of his family members uh, are sending him letters. There was one letter that was like heralded by his cousin and he got 11 family members to sign on. And this person sent it to like multiple addresses to make sure it got to him, just ripping him a new one for, for betraying Donald Trump and his entire family. It just They're sounds like it's a, him. Yeah. It, cause, and cause they have bought into this and they believe he has betrayed them and um, disgraced his entire family. It's so interesting to think about and cons- when you contrast it with um, Paul Gosar, who's a Republican, and his family, he also has a ton of siblings, his family is constantly running ads about how much they hate him now, but for the the, uh, the opposite reason. Yeah. They're like, he's an asshole, he needs to not be such a, like, support a dictator, but Kinsinger's family is saying, why aren't you supporting these dictators? Also, one thing to note, I think it's crazy that the, let's note that the GOP parties in these states are censuring these lawmakers, well, Tens of thousands of Republicans are unregistering as Republicans as a result of this coup attempt. What's going on? Well, that's crazy to me. And it's also like, I mean, you were you made a joke about it up top, but like, yeah, they're obsessed with this cancel culture thing. They get kicked off of Twitter. That's really bad. That's the First Amendment. Even though the First Amendment just means you can't doesn't does not cover Twitter. But it does cover not having legal repercussions for your speech, but then they're going to turn around and have legal repercussions for these senators' speech. They're going to go through an actual route to censure them. I feel like it's so interesting. It, it's just been so interesting to see, again, like, just as a third part, like, 
a little bit separated from like, I mean, not to say there are people in my extended family or people in my community, especially now in the 2020 election, who support Trump or voted for Trump, like extended, extended family or like people like family, friends and stuff. That's a little disturbing to me. So I don't want to be like, but it's been interesting to see how the conversation has shifted from like, talk to your family members about racism and all this stuff and like ostracizing uncles and dads and stuff like that to like, seeing that actual Republicans are dealing with this too is crazy mm-hmm. because because what the New York Times profile says is like, he's still anti-abortion. He, <laughs> in one of my favorite things was like, in his crescent-shaped district in Chicago, yeah. which is like- Why is it a crescent, bro? <laughs> because it's so gerrymandered. Like that's the only way that he could fucking- A crescent, so like, that's hilarious. That a, crescent. So fu- a crescent-shaped district. But then it's like, at the same time, it's like, yo, um, <laughs> like he hasn't changed his like mm-hmm. actual core beliefs and he's still getting ostracized. But something that really struck me or I thought was really cool, I, I will give him props, is that he's like, because uh, they asked him about like, oh, what do you think about your aunt or cousin who wrote this letter? And he's like, that's on her. I'm not going to, like, if she wants a relationship with me, I'm not going to reach out. Like, that's totally on her. And I did nothing wrong. And she's in a cult and she's brainwashed. And I yeah. don't have, that has nothing to do with me. And I was like, wow, like, so clear in that. And I feel like that's so many people's thing but it's with like, family. I know, I but know. he sounds like, I mean, now I'm thinking of, like, I don't know. I'm thinking of like Nexium now. And it's like, there are the people that are like, I wasn't in a cult. It, those people were in a cult, but I just, I just liked the, the business strategy help like it's, fine. it's like but i, I just hate the presentations i wasn't oh, yeah. in a cult i was right. i was it really helped I, it's like i hate abortion <laughs> i hate all of the things that motive that these people hate and motivates them to this extreme behavior but i'm not one of them i also think that we need to give republicans credit for when they do this otherwise they have no incentive to do it like yeah we can offer them incentives without undermining our own position yeah. i feel strongly about that and we should take opportunities to do that but yeah these seven republican senators i mean richard burr like richard burr doesn't care because he's not running again but laura trump is i don't think laura trump is going to win a senate seat in north carolina but who cares about eric trump i know yeah who the fuck none of them are charismatic none of them i mean i think it's more exciting to think about um ivanka but okay so it will be very interesting to see how trump occupies our time and our brain and this podcast stick with us until the end of democracy i'm amanda duberman i'm elise morales and i'm millie tamaras and this is the betches up podcast the Betches Up podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Our podcast director is Sean Kilby. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to SupPod at Betches.com. Betches.